0: It's only a gift of words that you shower me, but I have to say that they shine.
1: Oh, we're all trembling before Sean Divine, a powerful man with a powerful set of eyebrows.
0: Welcome to Avant Bard. A podcast where two theater nerds explore the highest highs and the lowest lows of works inspired by that upstart crow himself,
1: William Shakespeare.
0: My name is Megan Charlotte and I use she, her pronouns.
1: My name is Matthew James Marquez, and I use he, him pronouns. Today, we are talking about the magical legend of the leprechauns.
0: I'm so happy you finally got the name right.
1: (laughs) It's because I'm reading it off- uh, my notes. The Magical Legend of the Leprechauns is a Hallmark Entertainment production that aired on NBC November 7th and 8th in 1999. I have absolutely no idea what this production was like. There are no notes on the making of this TV film. The two articles I could find about it are a scathing review and an article about how Irish people were mad about the stereotypes presented in the film, which is a fair call for them.
0: I found out that this existed by scouring the internet and then convinced Marquez to watch it with me.
1: For which I will never forgive her.
0: Luckily, it's on Tubi if anyone ever wants to watch it for free. For
1: free with some ads. I don't know why you would want to watch it if you aren't doing a Shakespeare adaptation podcast, which is the only reason anyone should watch The Magical Legend of the Leprechauns. So The Magical Legend of the Leprechauns is based partly on William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, which is a play about star-crossed lovers from feuding families that take their own lives, partly accidentally, partly purposefully. Spoilers for Romeo and Juliet.
0: I think everyone who's listening probably knows the basic plot of Romeo and Juliet.
1: Yes, ultimately it is a play about love and it has been done over and over, and over again in adaptation, on stage, in high schools, forever, and to the end of time. And I love love, and I love this play, and I'm tired of seeing it.
0: But this is only the first time we're covering it on the podcast, so perk up, Buttercup!
1: In this version, it's Romeo and Juliet, but with Irish fairies. (laughs) And leprechauns.
0: I'm going to ask you to not do your accent again.
1: (laughs) Okay. It's offensive to Irish people.
0: It's bad.
1: Now, in uh, Shakespeare's works, there are fairies. They are in A Midsummer Night's Dream and in The Tempest and not in Romeo and Juliet.
0: Okay. They are mentioned in Romeo and Juliet, though, because Mercutio has a very long monologue that is very well known about Queen Mab. So Queen Mab is in Romeo and Juliet. So now let's think about leprechauns in Romeo and Juliet. Okay, there's none of those. How about in any other the Shakespeare? None of, them. Nope, none of them. No leprechauns. No leprechauns. Okay. Shakespeare
1: doesn't even really ever mention the Irish. He mentions the Scottish a lot, the Scottish play. I can't think of a single time that Shakespeare even mentions
0: Ireland, Ireland in a play. I'm actually curious.
1: Okay, look it up. This is Megan looking up things. It's a new part of our podcast. It's a podcast in a podcast called Megan Looks Up Shakespeare Things.
0: Ireland is Mm. mentioned in the comedy of errors. Oh, when? In what part of her body stands Ireland? In her buttocks, I found it out by the bogs.
1: Ha! Is it because it's smelly?
0: Oh, actually. Ireland is mentioned 31 times in his works. And then the adjective Irish is said 10 times. And the word Irishman is said twice.
1: Okay, then I stand corrected. I guess Shakespeare didn't mention Ireland a lot.
0: But no leprechauns. So I think this is probably the fastest we're ever just going to jump right into the source material. Wait. Oh.
1: Actors. There are some actors in this. Okay. So... First off, our leading male is Randy Quaid. Listen, Randy Quaid is a weirdo. He's not a very good guy. And Uh, his
0: character in this isn't a good guy. either. No, but you know, I just
1: got to mention that he's in this because he's a semi famous actor. People would recognize him. I think that that's very important for a production like this. In addition, Whoopi Goldberg is in this movie as the Grand Banshee, and she probably showed up to set One one day and did her lines in front of a green screen and said, okay, thank you for the money. And you know what? I respect her for that.
0: I respect the hustle.
1: Some other people that are in this film that we'll mention later, one of them was Cassandra from Doctor Who, who is the piece of skin that is strung up in the future and has moisture sprayed on her.
0: Oh, who is she?
1: Mary Muldoon.
0: Oh, I like her.
1: Yep. In addition, the man who played Sean Devine went on to play Vincent Van Gogh in one of the best episodes of Doctor Who. So there's that. Another one of the characters is Colin Firth's brother. Who's that? Count Grogan. Oh, and the last person I need to mention is Karen Culkin. You're staring at me, Megan.
0: Yeah, I don't know actors' names.
1: <sighs> so Karen Culkin is Macaulay Culkin's brother. Kay. He was Wallace in Scott Pilgrim versus oh, shit. the World. He kind of has more of an acting career than Macaulay Culkin Past. the... Like mid 90s, but in this movie, he's just such a minor character that he doesn't even have a corresponding character in Romeo and Juliet. That's it. That's my acting corner. This is Marquez's acting corner.
0: Cool. All right. Writing on my joy from Scott Pilgrim being mentioned on this podcast.
1: Oh, Megan. We begin joy- the film. <laughs> that joy's going to be slowly sucked out of you.
0: The film starts zooming out from the inside of a flower. Because, you know, fairies and leprechauns are small.
1: I thought it was a mouth.
0: Uh, We meet Jack Woods, Randy Quaid, who's a man on a train who is visiting Ireland for secret business that is definitely not a vacation.
1: Yeah, there's voiceover saying, like, don't screw this up. I'm a big capitalist businessman.
0: This nice Irishman maybe owns the cabin maybe just drives him there i really don't know drives him and drops him off at this cabin where there's very obviously something hinky going on because he doesn't want to take part in it and he doesn't want the alcohol to be left alone in it
1: okay this is our first instance of what i like to call faith in begoranus which is just an utter disrespect of irish culture with stereotype upon stereotype like this guy is just the oh he's a cutesy villager who's just leading randy quaid around showing him things and offering him alcohol and, all they
0: have are horse-drawn carts
1: yeah they make a joke about there being a lot of traffic because that's a joke that you make because <laughs> it's an empty dirt road
0: look me lads and lasses that's an irish stereotype.
1: Uh, But there are definitely no leprechauns in the film, The Magical Legend of the Leprechauns. Well, because
0: the house, he's like, oh, it's kind of small. Like, Rainy Quaid's like, oh, what? Was this built for little people, basically? But he like, it's weird. It's a weird comment. And then the guy gets really up in arms. and is like, "No, no, no, it's not. Normal people, only normal.
1: There are no leprechauns.
0: So then he gets comfortable and he leaves the booze on a high shelf. Yes. And then Jack... Starts wandering around to take pictures for his secret mission and then comes across a naked lady swimming in a river because that's what Irish women do. Acting quite the maggot with these Irish stereotypes.
1: Okay, I have a couple of questions here, Megan. Okay. Is she Juliet? I hope not. Is Randy Quaid Romeo? I
0: super hope not. Is
1: the cabby the
0: prince? Uh, no, absolutely not.
1: I have no idea what this has to do with Romeo and Juliet so far.
0: So here's the thing. First off, we saw the whole film, so we're kind of putting on airs. Second off,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Megan. Second it's off, a bit,
0: Megan. Second off, even when I was first watching, I was like, mm, I assume that this is going to be about leprechauns and fairies and not Randy Quaid and this naked lady.
1: You'd be wrong, so, Megan. It's mostly about Randy Quaid and is. this lady. But
0: I mean, like, they're not Romeo and Juliet. Because obviously, since we're humans, we need a human to get us somehow into the world of the fairies.
1: Megan, I have a question. Yeah. Can you connect this storyline to Romeo and Juliet?
0: Fuck no, I can't.
1: Megan, that's your job. That's your one job on this podcast.
0: I reread Romeo and Juliet as if I had to, as if I don't know that play practically. You played
1: Juliet.
0: Yeah, I know the play really well. I
1: played Friar Lawrence.
0: And I still reread it to try to find anything that i could connect to this storyline
1: there's nothing
0: there's nothing
1: okay just wanted to get that out of the way that this whole randy quaid and irish lady nonsense is too much
0: but randy quaid is a randy quaid and he is watching her naked and then she sees him and then he's like well my foot's caught in a root which like it becomes caught because he tries to run away Because he's a peeping Tom Creepo. And then she's like, my brothers are going to kick your ass. And I'm like, I hope they do. Yeah. And then he escapes. Jack goes back to his house that he's staying at. And he's like, "Mm, let me have some of that booze that has mysteriously moved on its own. And he takes a shot and he's like, wow, Irish people drink so much. This is so strong. I am getting knackered from these Irish stereotypes. And then he hears a leprechaun voice. Well, he hears a voice and it happens to be a leprechaun. And he's like, what? And he freaks out. And then he hits his head and dies. And the film's over.
1: Oh, really, Megan? That was so short.
0: No. okay, not really. He just hits his head for some reason so that he can pass out. But then he wakes up and the leprechaun stayed and is just snoring and is invisible.
1: But snoring. But
0: snoring there. And I'm like, why didn't you fucking run away? Okay,
1: listen, later they mention leprechauns hide themselves from people all the time. He's doing a terrible job, this leprechaun. This
0: leprechaun sucks. So then he's like, yeah, I'm going to get your leprechaun. And then he's like, oh boy. And then he runs away and he runs to the river and he falls in the river and he's like clinging to this log and he looks like he's going to die. And it's like, this leprechaun's the worst leprechaun.
1: And then Randy Quaid saves him, pulls out the log from the water and he's like, are you okay? But there's no one on the log.
0: But then he becomes visible again. Okay. So leprechaun fact one. Leprechauns are weak to water, apparently. Megan? What?
1: Is this true?
0: I don't know anything about leprechauns. Okay. (laughs) Leprechaun fact two. They can become invisible.
1: Okay, is that true of leprechauns?
0: I think the Lucky Charms guy would do it much more often and be much more successful in keeping his cereal if it were true.
1: So here's the thing about fiction involving mythical creatures that annoys me is that you could just say something is true, and it is, and you don't need to explain why. You don't need to explain anything because you could just say, well, that's how it just works in this world, so there are going to be a lot of things that are said about leprechauns that I have no idea whether or not in the myths they are true because they could just play Calvin Ball if you want with mythical creatures.
0: So Jack's being really mean to this guy, this leprechaun. Man.
1: <laughs> this leprechaun?
0: I'm pretty sure Jack's the prince.
1: Okay, Jack's the prince.
0: I think so because he was like, I'm coming in. Mm, knock, knock, I'm coming in. I'm in now. Like That's basically, he says that basically. Yeah. And it's annoying, but it's very princely. Yep. And we learn that the leprechaun is the leader of the solitary fairies, the leprechauns, and his name is Seamus Muldoon. And he has a wife,
1: mm-hmm. whose
0: name is Mary. Yep. And he hates her, and I hate him for it. But she hates him, and I love her for it.
1: Yeah, it's okay because he sucks, yeah. but she rules. She's
0: wonderful, so she deserves better.
1: Yeah, she doesn't do anything bad in this whole thing. So uh we stand Mary Muldoon.
0: Mary is like really great because he's just like, well, you know, he saved me from being in the water and dying. And she's like, you couldn't have the decency to drown. And I'm like, mm, that'd be great, Mary. I barely know this leprechaun and I agree with you. Oh, which brings us to leprechaun fact three. If you save a leprechaun, if you save their life, they are in your debt forever and One day.
1: But if you're mortal, it's just until you die, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I doubt ghosts are real. Hey. Does it carry over to ghosts?
1: We don't know.
0: We don't know. Mm. Mmm. Last thing of the scene. Their son comes in. His name's Mickey. He's cute. He's
1: He's, kind of a cute boy. He's a
0: cutie. And he's like, I need money. And they're like, okay, here's some gold. Because they're leprechauns. And then he's like, I'm off to do some mischief. And they're like, hey. You can only spend this money on drink or women.
1: Yikes.
0: Feck right off with all these feckin' liar stereotypes.
1: How about a good book? Can we spend the money on a good book? No. No. Drink and women.
0: That's bad.
1: Put another one up on that stereotype chart that we have. I don't know.
0: It's kind of just worsening that first stereotype.
1: Oh, yeah. That's that scene.
0: I'm just going to take control this time, Marquez, because I feel you dying whenever you think about this Oh, film. I hate this movie so, so much. I'm going to mostly take the lead <laughs> okay. on introducing things for your sake. Thank you. So the next scene, we follow Mickey, and holy shit, literally from the outset, I can tell that this is Romeo, Mercutio, Benvolio, and a child.
1: Kieran Culkin.
0: You know, the fourth friend of Romeo. <laughs>
1: Kieran, Kieran <Calkin>. Culkin.
0: <laughs> they're like going around. They're just walking. They're having a good time. They're friends. I'm like, yeah, it's the boys. And... Mercutio's like, I want to fight. I want to fight a fairy. Uh." Yeah,
1: yeah. He's kind of a hothead, like Mercutio Mercutio. is. So, like, this is where I start, like, actually paying attention because
0: it's good. And you're like, hey, this is Romeo and Juliet (laughs) stuff. Yes,
1: because hey, guess what? You know what's not interesting? Randy Quaid finding a leprechaun and making friends with him. Totally zoned out for that portion. But when you tell me that there are fairies who are the characters in Romeo and Juliet, I go. This I like. This
0: is what I wanted to put on my podcast. I don't care about this, not Romeo and Juliet shit.
1: So then we learn that Randy Quaid is not the prince. The prince is the Grand Banshee, who is played by Whoopi Goldberg. She doesn't come in now. No, We just hear that the Grand Banshee has banned fighting between the fairies. uh,
0: i'm sorry we learned this from the dullahan
1: okay so a headless horseman rides up with a whip made out of bones
0: and it's badass
1: yeah and the horse breathes fire and it's the coolest guy ever and he's a spectral spirit of death in irish folklore and he just comes in and he kind of casually talks to them like like, it's no big deal which i will say That is a trope I like. I do like when really powerful beings just kind of act conversationally with each other. So I kind of dig this Dullahan. I wish he was more in the film.
0: At this point, I'm worried that the director is just going to try to throw in as many Irish folklore characters as possible. We'll have to wait and see. Introducing... Uh, the fairies. Ugh. Count Grogan flies up.
1: Ugh, Count Grogan. Bad name. Good character. I see you
0: being Tybalt. I see it. He's like, you leprechauns are polluting the grass. And I'm like, okay, Tybalt.
1: And he does this like cute little flourish when he flies down in front of them. It's just endearing. I Kind of love this. Oh, guy. every fairy
0: guy is gay.
1: Yes. Oh, it's so good. I love these gay ass Ziggy Stardust knockoff motherfuckers who come in here just flaunting their shit.
0: And so Sean Devine, whose is Mercutio's is like, I'd flatten you without raising a sweat. I'm not doing an Irish accent because I can't do one. So he's just like, uh. <laughs> and then Grogan's like, uh. <laughs> and then they're like, we're gonna fight. Because that's what happens in a play. Yeah,
1: they just kind of- They
0: fight. Well, Megan, actually- This is actually more-
1: uh, No, they don't fight in the beginning.
0: No, at the beginning, it's Samson and- Whatever. Gregory?
1: Listen, I appreciate conflating- the Capulets all into... Tibbled Tibble- and Mercutio yes. wanting to
0: fight. I prefer that much to like, <laughs> we're the second cousins of Juliet and well, we want to fight.
1: Well, also Mercutio in the play isn't related to the Montagues. He's the prince's nephew, I believe.
0: Well, that's why it kind of works more in this because it's not a family. No, it's, it's a, a group. It's a type of fairy. Yeah. And so I kind of like that because I, in Romeo and Juliet, was always kind of like, Mercutio, you just want to fight. You you just decided to take up your friend's cause. And yeah, it makes
1: sense that since Mercutio dies, the prince is super mad, but it works better if you just kind of make the relationships a little easier to understand.
0: Yeah. So I think that actually works really great. And also there's a banging soundtrack for this fight and I love it.
1: Oh, and they have dildos.
0: Okay, they have like bow staffs, basically. No, they're
1: shillelaghs, Megan.
0: Right, you're right. I'm sorry. They're shillelaghs. And
1: I'm only saying this because the Trooping Fairies shillelaghs are all either bright colors or pastels. And swirly. And swirly. So they totally look like dildos. And then they, for some reason, just have them as short sticks. And then they kind of extend them like lightsabers, but like from the bottom instead of up like a sword. It's wild, but I love it. It is because everything that we're seeing right now is a powerful choice. And I think that that's why we like this. It introduces concepts that you can understand without being explained them, but they do it in such a wild way. You're just like, wait, who are these motherfuckers? Oh, they're Trooping Fairies? Got it.
0: This is also where we get that eyebrows line.
1: Oh, yes. The eyebrows line. From the
0: beginning of the episode. So mm,
1: I will just say this is the line that convinced me to watch this.
0: This is actually the first scene that we saw because I pulled it up randomly to see if it was going to possibly be worthwhile. And I clicked to a random spot and it was this fight and And that line.
1: uh, It's a great line.
0: And now we were like, we're doing this for the next episode.
1: Yep. So yeah, they fight. Soundtrack rules. It's kind of like a... It's
0: a fast paced little Irish jig, basically. Yeah,
1: And so it's cool. It's cool when they fight like that. And they're all just like hitting sticks with each other, which is And they're also
0: immortal. Yeah. So they're just fighting for fun and to be like, I hate you.
1: It's good. It's entertaining. I'm really starting to dig this now.
0: The leprechaun boys are like, man, we got to get away. And this farmer comes through with his cart and they're like, "Ooh, perfect getaway. And they just jump in the cart and the fairies can't catch up for some reason. They also
1: throw fruit at them. Oh, wait, it's radishes. It's radishes. radishes. And obviously that's the fairy's biggest weakness.
0: So we cut to the next scene, but actually it's really just Jack enters this scene because Jack's like, oh my God, a human, a farmer. And then all of the leprechauns are like, oh, hey, Jack. He's like, oh, I'm so sick of leprechauns. Uh, And then Seamus Muldoon shows up again and he's like, we hate the trooping fairies because there's too much nature and it's their fault. And I'm like, oh, Oh, why do you hate that? I'm on their side then.
1: I like trees.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, they keep the whole world alive and you...
1: Sit around and do nothing. And
0: drink and be bad Be an Irish
1: stereotype. And
0: bad talk your wife. Like, I, okay, I like the fairies more than, oh. I and-
1: think the thing we're supposed to get is that the fairies are uptight and the leprechauns are more freewheeling. Ha <laughs> ha. But what we end up getting is that the fairies have a job that they do and that the leprechauns are, again, I state, an Irish stereotype.
0: <laughs> Though he does have a great line about the fairies where he says, if they're any farther up themselves, they'd be inside out, which I'm like, oh, snap, you got them, I assume. We've only really met like one.
1: So then we see the fairy castle, which is pretty cool, too. It's like a floating castle in the sky, kind of like the movie Castle in the Sky, except it's full of fairies. I'd go to it. It looks good. And then we see that Grogan's so upset because they fought the leprechauns, and leprechauns are gross, and they should start a war.
0: And they're like, well, maybe we should talk to leprechauns. Oh, we can't talk to the leprechauns. And they're like, oh, but we can't call to arms because the Grand Banshee says we can't.
1: And then the Grand Banshee shows up. It's Whoopi Goldberg in the most ridiculous, long, flowing outfit and purple feathery hair.
0: Super crazy spiked purple feathery hair. Yes,
1: and obviously with a character like that, Whoopi Goldberg says her lines very flatly, as though she was there on set for about a day.
0: Yeah, she's calling it in.
1: She's just like, if you don't do this, you'll pay the ultimate price.
0: But Grogan's like, oh, but it's it's a matter of honor, so I had to fight him.
1: I had to kiss him.
0: We're not there yet. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> scene six. We go back to the people I hate.
1: Yep. We go back to Seamus, and oh my god, whenever they cut to Seamus and Jack,
0: Jack just Jack, talking,
1: who gives a fuck? My
0: <laughs> mood plummets.
1: Yes, because I'm like, this isn't Romeo and Juliet.
0: Especially because this scene starts with not. Only is he a lazy, angry drunk man. He also just likes to watch Kathleen Fitzpatrick, who's the naked lady from the river. He just likes to watch her swimming naked because he's invisible and she can't even see him.
1: Oh, so he's a sex offender.
0: Yeah. And he's like, uh, isn't that great?
1: No. This is her
0: name and this is where she lives. It's creepy as hell. And Jack's like, oh, that's great. Let me take my camera and go to her house. Why
1: are you taking? I know it's your job to take these pictures. Photos,
0: But if you're going to go to her house, maybe drop your camera off first so you don't look like you're a creepy, peeping Tom. Because
1: she already thinks that you are.
0: So instead he has his camera out ready for pictures as he he approaches her while she's doing her laundry.
1: Oh, gotta note, there is a wishbone dog in this scene. There is! So we can connect it to our previous episode about Wishbone. So this is all part of the Avant verse
0: What's the story with these terrible people, Wishbone?
1: <laughs> They're awful. And he like kind of accidentally takes a picture of her and the dog. How do you accidentally, accidentally take that a picture? Yeah.
0: So she screams and she's like, there's a peeping Tom. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And then her brothers come out to kick his ass and I'm like, kill him. Because I take things too far and I'm a bit of a Tybalt.
1: They chase him around. It's kind of boring.
0: He runs into a church for sanctuary.
1: And he uses like the church as like a cover so that they can't chase him anymore.
0: Father's like, sit down and listen to my boring sermon.
1: Yeah, and he just goes on and on. And, and then
0: he loves Jack. Yeah. He just decides he loves Jack suddenly. Well, that's
1: because Jack's lying to him. He's using his charm to get the priest on his side so that if he's accused of something, the figure of authority is siding with him, which I hate.
0: The next scene, we cut to there's a fair in town for some reason. We thought maybe that would be the party.
1: Here's what my theory was. Yeah, I thought that the fairies and the leprechauns would show up to the fair, and they would be like, "Ooh, this is something we haven't done before. Let's go eat food at the fair. Maybe we could get like a corn dog or something." Like I thought it was gonna be like something cute, like that. They're all like stacked
0: up on the carousel.
1: This fair has absolutely no bearing on the plot whatsoever Wonder know why the scene is set at a fair why? megan it's so seamus muldoon can help jack cheat at a ring toss game that's rigged so that he could get the priest a prize so that the priest could be on his side so that when kathleen accuses him of being a peeping tom the priest is like he can't be a peeping tom I know him. He's a good guy. He
0: also is like, oh, Jack, are you a peeping Tom? Jack's like, I'm not. And he's like, well, there you have it. And I'm like, I hate every man.
1: There's a couple good men.
0: Human men. There are no good
1: humans. Every
0: human man. And then her brothers are like off to the side, like we're going to kick his ass. And the priest's like, no, no, he's a good guy. Don't you do that. And I'm like, please, they're the only decent men that I assume are decent right now because they want to kick the ass of the guy I hate.
1: In the next scene, the leprechaun boys ride some sheep.
0: I want to ride a sheep.
1: Megan, it looks so bad.
0: But I want to ride a sheep.
1: Megan, you couldn't ride a sheep like the leprechaun boys ride a sheep.
0: They go to a tavern because they're Irish. Yep. Bet you're feeling smart with all these Irish stereotypes. The youngest, our good friend, Wallace. I'm just going to call him Wallace. I don't know what his character name is. I don't know name what his is. So name Wallace. Is. I don't think they
1: ever really say it. It's probably
0: in the credits, though. I didn't stop him. Yeah. So, young Wallace isn't allowed to come in for drinks because he's not even a hundred, silly boy. Are
1: there laws?
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: Where are the leprechaun laws? What's the
0: drinking age for leprechauns? What's the
1: drinking age in Ireland?
0: Yeah, no, I should look look that up.
1: So, the drinking age in Ireland is 18.
0: I mean, he seems younger than 18 in human
1: years. But you can drink when you're 16 if you're accompanied by an adult.
0: I wouldn't count Romeo, Mercutio, and Benvolio as adults. Megan, they're like over 100. That technically counts. <laughs> That's so weird. All right. So they, they're in this tavern, and Wallace can't come, and he's kind of sad. So they're like, Grew your guard, and he just sits there. And then they're like, Ooh, what mischief are we going to do? Because we're leprechauns. Mickey says, We should crash the fairies' midsummer ball, ball, whatever. And then we're like,
1: This is the party.
0: Yeah. And then Sean Devine. Mercutio is like mm, yes Most young beautiful fairies Haven't been introduced To a virile leprechaun And I'm like Yikes What is with all the men in this
1: They're all yikes Megan I
0: hate it
1: I know Megan to be fair
0: Yeah
1: In Romeo and Juliet
0: All the men kind of suck
1: Juliet is about 14 and Paris comes and says he wants to marry her and even her parents tell Paris she's too young but
0: then they're also like
1: so Thursday they tell him well maybe come back and with a better offer maybe she'll say yes Romeo's 16 so at least a little bit more appropriate but yikes on Paris
0: yeah I'm really glad we don't have a Paris in this. oh yes I was ready to vomit so then they just drink and have fun with pukas.
1: Yeah. That's another mythological creature. They're like hairy, furry, big eyed creatures. Okay. I mean, they really have no bearing on the plot. They're just here.
0: They're like, also, there's pookas here because Megan's fear's coming true. And here's just every mythological Irish creature we could think of. And then there's an Irish dance.
1: Yeah, and they just do it. It's pretty Shakespearean. There are random songs and dances in Shakespeare plays.
0: Not in Romeo and Juliet, though.
1: No, there are not. Listen, I assume that there's a dance in the party scene. Well,
0: yeah, the party scene. But this
1: is not the party
0: scene. No. So it's time to go to the party. It's party time. And of course, all the fairies are wearing leprechaun masks. So it's super easy for them to get in. But they still steal leprechaun masks to put over their leprechaun faces.
1: They do the other trope, which is say, hey, you- and some guys are like, oh, me? And then they just
0: beat them up and take their clothes. Yes.
1: And hey, Megan. Yeah. They do climb a mushroom. Y- yeah. For a frog. Yeah. To blow a bubble
0: uh-huh.
1: that sends them up to the castle.
0: Yeah. Is that Irish mythology?
1: I have no idea, but I do like that there's a frog in here. I
0: like frogs. Yeah.
1: I So I liked this moment because I was like, how are they going to get up there? Megan, here's my question. The trooping fairies can all fly, right? Yeah. So, so why, why do is they need the frog?
0: Because even the trooping fairies are using the frog. Yes. I think it's so that they don't get sweaty and tired before the party. So okay. they can just be like super nice. Megan,
1: Megan, it can also be that the writers didn't think about that and needed a reason why the leprechauns got up to the castle. I think that's also it.
0: Leprechaun fact four. Ooh. Leprechauns are so dirty they don't know what the smell of clean is? Oh.
1: That doesn't make any sense
0: though. There's a really funny thing though where they're like showing their invites and then it's like that's also my invite, we're all trooping fairies, and they will just walk in. Into-
1: <laughs> I enjoyed that too. Uh, See, listen, when it cuts to this shit.
0: I love this I'm film. I'm
1: in it. <laughs> when
0: it's this Can when it's- we
1: can we do like a 40-minute cut where it's just this shit? Listen, can we just put in timestamps? In our episode, so that oh
0: yeah 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 okay so in the episode description we are going to give timestamps to this movie for the scenes that are worth watching yes so basically just the Romeo and Juliet scenes yeah uh, so that you can skip all the dumb stuff
1: well at least the first half of the Romeo and Juliet scenes but we'll get to that
0: uh, so they're all dancing except for Wallace because he's too young to go to a party. Because he's going to be an obvious leprechaun, I guess.
1: So then he goes out and guards again.
0: He's quote unquote guarding. But I'm like, that's super From what? obvious. Yeah. And I'm like, a trooping fairy is just going to be like, who are you? Why are you not at the party? And he's going to be like, oh, because I'm a leprechaun. <laughs> like, what are they thinking? Uh, they're not. Everyone's dancing. And then there's a big fanfare. Here comes the royal family. Ah, it's Juliet. She's so Aryan.
1: Yeah, she's blonde hair, blue eyes. OK, to be fair. All of the trooping fairies have this unsettling blueness to their eyes. Well, because
0: it's either an effect or terribly terrifying contact. I
1: think it's just an after effect. I think it uh, is
0: because I don't think contacts
1: would glow like that. Would
0: glow like that, and it's disturbing.
1: Yeah, whenever they show anyone <gasps> from this family, like just staring into someone else's eyes, it is not cute. It is terrifying. I
0: picture a shrieking sound. Yes.
1: Oh, God. Uh.
0: It's time to go back to Jack. Do we have to? Yeah. Uh, Just for a little bit. Jack seems like he's going to tell Seamus the truth about his secret job, but instead he starts talking about how hot Kathleen is. And then I think it's Mary. Mary
1: does say this. Good line.
0: She's just like, oh, yeah, she's pretty enough in an ugly human kind of way. (laughs) I love Mary. uh,
1: Mary's great.
0: And uh, the last thing of the scene, because the scene really means nothing, is leprechaun fact. Number five. The pot of gold thing is not actually true. It's thing that fairies said so that leprechauns would get shaken down by people.
1: For pots of gold? Okay.
0: And it's implied that maybe fairies have pots of gold. So, fairy fact number one.
1: Pots of gold.
0: They have the pots of gold in their floating castle? I don't mm. know. Okay, now we can cut back to the party.
1: Okay, so... The princess, whose name we still don't know. Uh Uh-huh. So for now, I'm just going to call her Juliet or the princess. Mm -hmm. She's dancing with this uptight fairy guy, and he's kind of great. He just goes, I don't dance very often.
0: Oh, so you've danced before? And I'm like, oh, sassy. Uh,
1: I mean, he does have a good line where he's just like, my foxtrot was the talk of the castle.
0: And then Mickey comes up to take the dance. Oh, Mickey. And then she's, he's just like, comes up and he's just staring at her, which is very Romeo. Yes. And she's just like, what are you staring at? And he says, Fairest beauty that ever stood before the eyes of a man, since Helen danced her willing wail on the wandering walls of Troy.
1: Ugh. Oh, oh, Mickey. what is what is happening here?
0: I'm playing with my hair a lot.
1: Okay, so basically, they do this movie's equivalent of the sonnet that Romeo and Juliet say to each other when they meet, but it's about shining. And do you want to do it? Do you have it? Yeah. Okay. okay.
0: So he says his Helen of Troy thing and she's like, it's only a gift of words that you shower me, but I have to say that they shine.
1: Oh, you shine, Princess Mine. You shine. And he
0: like spins her around and they're dancing close and it's so good.
1: Mm. I know I said I was like in it, but now I'm deep. I am so in this right now. Just the moment where Romeo and Juliet meet in the play and where Mickey and Princess meet here. It's legitimately the best thing in this movie so far. The best part about Romeo and Juliet is that if you're not closed off to the world and you're not cold hearted, it just flies. And if you're a romantic... Ugh, just, it's just
0: young love. Yes, I want to see an old people, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, Where they're old and in love? Yeah.
1: Uh, yep, yep,
0: yep. Uh, Me- okay, Megan. that has to exist somewhere. We're
1: going we're gonna to find it or write it.
0: That's our promise to you. Yes. Then one of the greatest bits of filmography I've seen for this podcast occurs. It, this is
1: one after another. Th-
0: yeah. So this scene is amazing. It's
1: probably the best scene we've covered in the whole thing. Like, I love Bernhardt Hamlet, which is critically the best thing that we've talked about. And I love 10 Things I Hate About You. But this scene
0: Sean Devine is like, Excuse me, can I cut in to Count Grogan and this lady dancing? And we're all like, Oh, he's going to step on Count Grogan's girl. And then instead, Marquez. Marquez. He picks up Count Grogan and starts spinning him around. And
1: then he puts him on the ground and he taps him on the shoulder and he says, those are some mighty fine eyebrows. Uh, okay. Okay. So listen, I have analyzed this scene. I know exactly what this scene is. This scene is our first super queerly charged thing we've watched.
0: Yes, yes, yes. In the
1: podcast. It is so gay. I struggle to find the words. I've watched it many times over and over. He definitely is picking Grogan up by the butt. Yeah, he
0: does the thing he, where he puts his arms under his butt to support him. He's and touching he's like, his butt. He has his butt in his hands and he's like spinning him.
1: Yes, yeah, so he touches his butt. Okay. You have to be
0: very close to each other's bodies, which also means his junk is real close to his Yes.
1: Yes, Megan. Okay. If I was a preteen and I watched this, I would have those weird gay feelings. Like if you were looking at underwear models at Target, which is something that every gay kid growing up experiences where you're just like, I have a feeling. Why
0: do I keep looking at this picture? Uh,
1: Yes. Okay. So like literally I am shocked. Shocked, Megan. That there isn't a fucking archive of our own fan fiction. There isn't? No, Megan, there is none. Shit. I want to write it now, kind of, sort of. Can because you please? And then li- we can link it. Literally, I came up while watching this with two fanfic ideas about this one moment one
0: is an au where they open up a bakery no that wasn't
1: it but i like this i might write it okay no the two that i came up with was obviously count grogan being like he touched my butt and i felt something that's one of them Mm -hmm. the other one's just called mighty fine eyebrows And it's just a whole thing about the retelling of the magical legend of the leprechauns. But they were dating the whole time in the movie.
0: (laughs) Oh, and they were fighting because they had to because they were like, we can't let anyone know.
1: Or it could be like internalized homophobia (laughs) or something like that. But That makes
0: me sad. Well,
1: Megan, it's a tragedy.
0: (laughs) That's true. Okay, it's fine. I'll have my pastry, my bakery. It's fan fiction. You
1: can have it all. It
0: either needs to be way more upsetting than the original or...
1: Very cute. Okay, there's three. There's three. It's either very sad Mm -hmm. and depressing. Yeah. Or it's a cute AU where they're in like high school or running a bakery or it's horny. That's what the butt one is. The butt one is the horny one. Okay. Not like explicit, but just like, oh, I felt...
0: I mean, that one would probably have that. And then it's just like... Uh, for people who want to, you can read below the cut, and there's uh, a little gay something sex. spicy for there's you. Gay sex. Yeah, I kind of want to write fanfic about these two. Yes.
1: Here's the thing, Megan. Hmm. I'm never really like a Mercutio Tybalt shipper. No, I've never seen that. I've never be. felt those feelings. No, I've never felt those feelings until this movie. It is because of the fact that they truncate the families into just Tybalt and Mercutio and Romeo. Like, the fact that they do fight at the beginning. That's what makes it work. Because,
0: like, they actually have progression. We see their characters and they have references to earlier interactions. And
1: also, obviously it is because they have no females to interact with. True. So since they are people that interact with each other, that's the mode that we go to is the gay one. Because if you don't tell me that people are dating, I'm just going to assume that they're gay.
0: So we cut back to the people (sighs) we're supposed to be shipping. Uh. No, no, no. Oh, wait,
1: you're right. You're right. I'm just still riding on my gay high.
0: I know. Okay, but Mickey and Jessica whose name we just learned.
1: Yes, it's Jessica. Jessica,
0: like Juliet, and Mickey, like... Romeo. M- Romeo. <laughs> so they go out on a balcony to get some alone time, and she's like, take off your mask, because she can't just have a nice moment with him and have him leave and be like, nurse, who is that? And her be like, that's obviously a leprechaun. So she has to figure it out herself while he's right there, and that's way more awkward for her poor baby. Um, but he takes off his mask, and she's like... Uh, wait. <laughs> oh, <we're laughs> wait, a... you're a leprechaun. And actually, I, I want to do the thing with okay. you. You're a leprechaun, a real one. I am. But leprechauns are vile and villainous and vulgar.
1: And trooping fairies are sneering and snobbish and selfish.
0: That's not true. We're not like that.
1: And we aren't vile and villainous. Now, vulgar, maybe. I can't argue with that one.
0: I just like it.
1: It's the only time that the... Uh, stereotyping of the leprechauns as bad is cute
0: because he's just like i mean we do talk about drinks and women a lot like all right you got me
1: and listen who doesn't like a bad boy
0: and then he's like but does it make a difference and she's like no
1: oh my god
0: <laughs> and she's like no and he's like oh and then he kisses her hand and then he kisses her really quickly <gasps> And then she's like, how dare you? And he's like, I dare, I dare. And then she's like, apologize to me. And he's like, no, you got to catch me first and no flying. And she's like, you think a princess can't run? And he's like, no. And then she's like, chasey, chasey. And it's,
1: Megan, are you okay?
0: I love this scene so much. It's very
1: cute. It is very so good.
0: cute. So like, here's my thing. In Romeo and Juliet, Romeo has this whole plot line of the reason he's at the party is because he's infatuated with this girl Rosalind. And oh, I love Rosalind Rosalind. so much. She's the light of my life. I pine, I die.
1: If she she doesn't love me, so I'm just gonna die right here.
0: Right. And then he goes to the party and he's like, oh, Juliet. Oh, I love her. I pine, I die. So
1: yeah, it kind of undercuts his love for her a little bit. Because
0: I'm just like, it's just another one of your fads. But with this, you don't see Mickey loving anyone else. He's just like, I don't give a heck about women. And then he sees her and he's like, oh, uh, wait, I do. Yeah. And I'm like, yes.
1: Again, going back to the sonnet that they complete together in the play. One of Shakespeare's most handy tools is he loves when characters connect with each other. And they either through fighting or through love complete. Or chasey, Chasey. Yeah, they complete. Each other's lines or have lines that have similar meanings going back and forth.
0: Or mirrors. Yes, or lines.
1: mirrors. And I think that your leprechauns, you're vile, villainous, and vulgar, while well, you're trooping fairies, you're sneering, snobbish, and selfish. That is that.
0: Also, just that how dare you, I dare.
1: Yes. Yes. Very in line with Shakespeare, which is why this rules, these are the best scenes. I think just because. Once it's adhering to the actual play of Romeo and Juliet, Megan and I are there. We're here. We're here for the story you're telling.
0: I am certain if you filmed us watching this, we went from laying on the couch, not caring, to sitting up in our seats and like, wow. Wow, this
1: is great.
0: We go back to the party where everyone else is and we see Sean Devine like dancing up with an old lady. And I don't know if it's the nurse I don't actually know. I think it's just some old lady, but it kind of reminds me of Mercutio like bantering with the nurse later on in Romeo and Juliet. Yes, yes. And so I think they're just trying to get that across how he's just like, he'll mess with anybody. It doesn't have to be a fight.
1: At this point, Grogan recognized that that was Shonda Vine messing with him. And he's all puffy and angry. Because
0: he's Tybalt and Tybalt recognizes Romeo. Yeah,
1: and he just goes up to Lord Lord. Capulet. Grogan goes up to him. And he's like, there are leprechauns here. I know a way to get rid of them. And at first, Lord Capulet guy, like in the play, is just like, well, we can't do anything about it because then we would cause a fight. But Grogan's not having any of this. He comes with a plan that everyone's going to take off their masks at midnight.
0: And like, that wouldn't work in the play because in the play, Tybalt recognizes Romeo Like the second he walks in the door. But at this point, they already had their whole talk. Sure, kick him out.
1: Oh, they say that they've got to get out of there, but they don't? They
0: just run to the door. And then when it is like, oh, it's midnight, they take off their masks and they're like, haha, we were here and we're leprechauns. And I'm like, why didn't you just run away? Because Uh, they have to be mischievous.
1: Yeah. And then the youngest one's like, I think we got to get out of here. And he enters the door and reveals himself to be a leprechaun too.
0: What if they weren't right at the door? Yeah. And he just opened the door to a bunch of fairies dancing. He was just like, hey guys, I think us leprechauns are. We don't need to guard anything here.
1: And then they just kind of jump out the windows instead of going through the door.
0: Yeah. uh, The door was open.
1: Giving themselves, obviously, many lacerations. Oh, that
0: they definitely show and are a problem. Leprechaun fact six. Leprechauns don't get cut by glass? But we do actually know... That's just me guessing. But Leprechaun Fact 7. We learn that when leprechauns are in love, they can fly.
1: Yeah, that's how they get down because they don't have a frog at the top. See, Megan, here's my thing. They have a frog at the bottom to let people come up, but they don't have a frog at the top to let people come down. Okay, it's because also, at the But also everyone of- lives in the castle so why are people even coming to the ball wait, from the ground? <laughs>
0: wait, no, that's the real question. What yes. are they doing on the ground?
1: Yes, Megan, it makes no sense. And well, they're
0: trooping. But
1: they could just fly up. We see
0: them fly no, no, up no, later. No, but if you fly up, then you get sweaty and gross. But why and they, do
1: they need it on the ground?
0: Because they don't want to fly up. They'll get sweaty and gross. And maybe they're on the f- ground doing Megan? whatever fairies do on the ground. Taking care of the earth. They have to go to Megan, the ground. Megan, if yeah. they're
1: taking care of the earth, Aren't they getting sweaty?
0: They can't take a shower in the castle. There's a party happening. And they change clothes? Yeah. Megan, no. Actually, I think they just wear those clothes all the time. Megan. What?
1: I can't abide this frog foolery anymore. It's just a writing flub. And the
0: reason that there's not a frog at the top is because it's like going downhill and it doesn't matter if they get sweaty anyway, but also it's way easier to just glide.
1: Let's go with that instead of bad writing.
0: Yeah. I want to protect these scenes as best as I okay, can because they're okay. the only saving grace this movie okay. has.
1: Okay, seeing we find out Mickey's dad will disown him if he loves a fairy.
0: Which is shit because Mickey's like, hey, dad, I love a fairy. And, and like, I'm like, don't tell him.
1: Yeah, why are you telling him? You know how your dad is. You
0: know your dad's a piece of shit. Yeah, don't talk And he's to him. like, no, you don't. And he's like, no, but I do. And he's just like, I'll disown you if you do. And I'm like, wow.
1: And that's that scene.
0: Yeah, that's that whole scene. Megan. Yeah.
1: We're going to get through all this. Let's just try to avoid talking about fucking Jack as much as possible. We'll just go through it. We'll say what we have to say. Okay. But let's try to go through it. Me and you together. Okay. Because it sucks. So, so we're going to
0: just give the bare bones of the scenes that have nothing to do with Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Okay. Uh, the next scene sucks. there's a race Kathleen Kathleen can't go because all the men suck and so Jack does it for her so that she's like oh wow I love him even though he does nothing
1: oh I, I gotta say it sucks that there's sexism in this scene and that the American has to come in and say I'm not the sexist I will help you by doing it for you and then winning even though the Irish people have been doing this race their whole lives so ooh chalk one up for America
0: She says she doesn't want to marry anyone, so I really hope she never marries Jack.
1: God hope so.
0: Then she shows him around, because she likes him now, and he talks forever, and I hate him.
1: Yeah, we don't find out anything about her or her life.
0: We know she likes shells. She gives him a shell.
1: Yeah. I think she's like a manic Irish dream girl, but not manic. Because
0: she doesn't have a job, and all she does is be Irish and pretty.
1: That's her main thing, is she Irish and pretty? Yeah. And she lives in Ireland.
0: We're back to fairies and leprechauns. So the boys, them leprechaun boys, they're hanging out. Sean Devine is like, Princess Jessica would never want to date you, Mickey. And Mickey's like, no, like we We love each other. We (laughs) we
1: did the kiss. (laughs) We
0: kissed and we've got a date set up.
1: And then Sean just says, why won't Count Grogan Grogan (laughs) respond to my advances? He uh, doesn't say that. He's but I just wish like, he did.
0: what do you expect to happen? And Mickey's just like, I don't care about the future. I just care about being with her.
1: That's such a Romeo thing.
0: It's the most Romeo thing anyone could ever say.
1: I do not care about the future. I just want to be with her now is, oh, so Romeo cannot even fathom any consequences to your actions.
0: Our happiness is destroyed because Jack and Kathleen show up and then they end up kissing and she keeps her eyes open and I'm disgusted.
1: She keeps her eyes open while kissing? Yeah. Who does that? Okay, so then we meet Lady Margaret, who is... Jessica's lady-in-waiting.
0: She's the nurse.
1: And she's the nurse. And she's pretty straight up the nurse.
0: And she's just like, all men, especially leprechauns, love saying things they don't mean so Mickey doesn't actually love you. Way to be a bummer.
1: Uh, Which proves the idea that all men and women hate each other except for Jessica and Mickey.
0: I don't get it. Why?
1: Because they're straight, Megan.
0: Because we have to prove that Romeo and Juliet are the truest love so everyone else hates each other.
1: And so then Mickey shows up outside of her balcony. He's
0: flying. And it's
1: not nighttime.
0: It's not. And the guards are literally just like waiting for him. Yeah. But I thought it was really cute because in the balcony scene in Romeo and Juliet, Romeo says, with love's light wings, did I or perch these walls for stony limits cannot hold love out. He talked about wings and Mickey got wings and that's how he got up there.
1: That does make sense.
0: I liked it. I was like, I see you And then we have it. a
1: useless scene where Mickey flies through the forest, evading the guards.
0: Yeah, and they have guns.
1: Gunflowers.
0: Still weird.
1: It's a pun on sunflowers, though, Megan. Guys,
0: the CGI in this is bad.
1: So there are scary CGI tree spirits.
0: That I assume are some sort of Irish thing that I don't know the name of.
1: Yep, but they show up and they just stop the trooping fairies from attacking.
0: Because they shoot cobwebs or something? Uh, Yeah, it not But then it didn't look like cobwebs, so I don't actually know what they did.
1: It doesn't matter, Megan. I
0: honestly can't understand a single thing these tree spirits say.
1: No, also, this is pointless, because he just gets away. He gets away. That's that's really
0: the point. And then we got the boys back in town. Uh Those leprechaun boys are back, and we finally learn Benvolio's name is Jericho. Yeah,
1: we've spent so much time not knowing his name. And
0: he's like, hey, Mickey, do you want us to join you on your date? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Jericho, that's not how dates work.
1: And then Grogan shows up again to kiss Sean. No,
0: actually, like, I got super excited, though, because he was like, I'm here to fuck shit up. And I was like, oh, my God, wait, wait, this is the scene where Mercutio dies. Is Sean gonna die?
1: (gasps) I was so excited, Megan.
0: Like Tybalt does. He comes up and he's just like, fight me, Romeo. And Mickey's just like, nah, Nah. you're my cousin now. Except not really, because they're not married in this.
1: I, and I um, actually kind of like that Sean is mad at Mickey for not fighting. Yeah,
0: that's the thing that doesn't make a ton of sense in Romeo and Juliet. Like Mercutio's just like, come on, fine, I'll fight. But like in this, he's like, that girl has unmanned you. You used to be cool. You used to fight Grogan with me. And then they call Grogan Morris.
1: I don't get it. Is I that an insult? Is his name Morris Grogan?
0: I don't know. I don't know why they call him Is it because they're being
1: familiar? Because I could get it if they don't call him Count Grogan anymore and they could just call him Morris. Maybe that's the joke.
0: I don't know because nothing tells us that his first name's Morris. Yeah. I looked it up. So I don't know if that's a thing I just am not getting that's yeah. going over my head.
1: I have no idea.
0: Oh, but then Mickey's like, no, don't fight him. It's what he wants. And Sean Devine's like, it's what I want, too. <laughs> oh (laughs) i bet it is
1: and so then they take out their dildo shillelaghs and they grow
0: and they beat each other megan yeah but oh wait shit uh sean's actually dying
1: i'm so happy oh it was so good because i was very mad because they mentioned how fairies and leprechauns are immortal except for water and now Sean's just dying. He's disintegrating from the- He's l- paying the up ultimate
0: of- price. Like the Banshee said. And the Banshee shows up. And it's like, hey, I told you this would happen. Like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have fought. So he's dead. And then the last thing that Sean ever says is, kiss her for me, Mickey.
1: Which is weird.
0: It is the complete opposite of Mercutio's last lines. Well, to be
1: fair, Mercutio again- was not a member of either of the Capulets or the Montagues. Yeah, but that's so him such saying, bullshit. Him saying a plague on both your houses makes sense because he is not a part of the house.
0: Except he's more violent than any of the Montagues. Listen,
1: Megan, I'm not here to defend Mercutio. I don't like Mercutio. See, like,
0: here's my thing. I think it would make much more sense if Benvolio was the one who's not one of the houses and Dies. Died and is like hey fuck your houses because benvolio is not a fighter
1: well megan from mercutio's line to work he would need to be the moral center of the play he's not which he's not
0: he is not and sean devine is not but he's great and i'm really sad and then romeo hits grogan in the ass and it kills him
1: and he's dead too we move on to the next scene
0: it's the scene where juliet's like where's romeo i can't wait and the nurse is like, oh, everything's the worst. He's dead. And she's like, oh, no, Romeo's dead, except they cut all that. Literally, the scene is just Margaret comes in. Jessica goes, what news of Mickey? And she goes, the worst. He killed your cousin. There's no confusion. It's very straightforward. And she's just like, I oh, know. I love him.
1: OK, here's my problem with both Romeo and Juliet and Mickey and Jessica. We don't even get a sense of the relationship between Tybalt and Juliet and Jessica and Grogan. I
0: assume Jessica and Grogan have never spoken.
1: They might as well have not for the way that she reacts to this.
0: I'm like, oh, you kept the fact that they're related? Yeah. And then we find out that her parents are going to send her away to avoid the coming war because obviously there's going to be war now because Grogan was killed. Mm Mm-hmm. And so this is like the opposite of the fact that the prince comes and is like, Romeo, you killed a guy. You're exiled. So instead of exiling Romeo, she's going to be taken away somewhere else. She defends him just like Juliet defends him. And she's just like, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. I still love him. And Margaret's like, he's a murderous seducer. And it's very much like the play. As we said, there's a war coming now. It's decided because someone has died on each side. So they're just saying, screw it. We now know that we've lost our immortality if we fight. So we might as well die, apparently. So the leprechauns are like, yeah, Seamus will fight. And that's basically the next scene.
1: Megan, I'm installing another rule. What? What's not in Romeo and Juliet? A war? Yep. We are also truncating any parts that talk about the fucking war.
0: I don't think I took many notes on it because it's boring yes. for a war.
1: Okay, next scene. Jack's in love, and Seamus is distracted by the war. He says no to booze. Whoa. Whoa. That's it. Yeah, they talk about their things. They do the bit where they each talk about their problems, and they they don't don't listen. listen, And then that's it.
0: Oh, Jack's going to betray his work.
1: We still don't know what that is.
0: Okay, back to Romeo and Juliet. Jessica's leaving with the nurse. They're in this like flying carriage thing. Romeo jumps in the window and he's like, hey, and kisses her. Yeah. And the nurse is like, what the hell? And they're like, shut up. And the girls are like, is anyone in there? And they're like, no. And hey,
1: Margaret does keep their secret.
0: Yeah, because at one point she's just like, just, just me,
1: Lady Margaret.
0: And they're both like, thanks. And they even look like kiss her on the cheek. It's, and it's very super cute. cute. And I'm like, oh, cool. She likes him. She, she agrees with this. Next scene, we
1: find out if the fairies go to war, the nature will die and will start deteriorating.
0: And they're like, ooh, we've got General Bullstrode! And then the camera goes to him and there's a pause, like, we're supposed to care, but I don't care!
1: And he has no correlation to any character in Romeo and Juliet. So yeah. who gives a shit?
0: Next scene, it's Jack's supposed to leave. And then, oh man, the weather's all messed up because war is going to happen and the fairies don't care about nature anymore. So the world's falling apart. And then Seamus is like, "Mm, Kathleen, I love watching you swim and it's disgusting and I hate Seamus. Yes,
1: yes. And Jack does reveal the leprechauns to Kathleen.
0: Yes, she does have to see the leprechauns to be perved out by a leprechaun.
1: Yes. Anyway.
0: We cut to the underwater palace where Jessica is being kept. They call it a palace, but it seems more like a prison.
1: Yeah, because there's no one else there.
0: And there's guards and... And she's like being watched by Margaret and she just looks at a fish. And that's it. That's the scene.
1: And then people get ready for war.
0: It's boring. Kathleen's like, no, Jack, don't leave. And Jack's like, come with me. And She's like, I just met you. And I'm like, hell yeah, Kathleen. And then a barn collapses and Jack walks away. Uh, oh, it
1: gets struck by lightning.
0: Oh, I missed that because I blinked.
1: Yes. Megan. It Nature's
0: gets... all messed up. Yes. Oh, the fairies. Oh.
1: Well, Megan, they are leading up to the end of the first part of this two night event so they can't
0: start a war when they can't finish it within e- the episode. Yes, yeah,
1: so they're just yeah. leading up to it.
0: And it had to be a certain length. Jack goes to the train station on board. I don't care.
1: You don't care about him? I don't care. Okay. Oh,
0: look, war starts. Train's here. Jack doesn't go on the train, but all his luggage does, so he has nothing. Oh, Kathleen's here. It is
1: so cliche. The shots for this scene are so cliche. You were literally
0: saying exactly what the next shot would be as this scene was played. Eh? Yes,
1: because it's oh the train is pulling away from the station well obviously that means that jack's not on board Well, or... he does
0: the thing where he's like about to step on and you're like but he's gonna pause and then not be on the train and then he's like and the train's gonna go away and now he's gonna step into frame yeah. and now as the train fully leaves the frame once the tail passes it kathleen's standing there
1: they love each other they meet each other underneath the train tracks in a tunnel and they kiss. And their plot is resolved. And
0: the war is happening and people are dying and the Banshee shows up and then they stop fighting for a second, but I don't know why.
1: Because the episode ended, Megan.
0: Oh, okay. Next episode. Seamus and Mary tell Jack and Kathleen about the war.
1: Which they didn't like mention it before.
0: Well, he said he talked about the war while Jack was talking about Kathleen and none of them were listening to each other. Yeah. Jack was trained in the military.
1: That's news for us. It's not part of his character. That he's a businessman.
0: Why was he trained in the military? For what? What
1: war? The Gulf War?
0: I don't know. But he's like, I went to training and then I went home. And I'm like, that's not how that works. works. And then leprechaun fact number eight. They're liars and maybe do have pots of gold.
1: We just don't know.
0: I don't know what true leprechaun facts are in this film. Because
1: he offers gold to Jack in order to... For him to train the leprechaun army. Because okay. they're
0: so lazy and slovenly. They don't know how to fight. This one's going our arseways with these Irish stereotypes. Okay, we're back to Romeo and Juliet. We go to the underwater palace. Margaret is like, oh, my husband. He was so great and he's dead. And I'm like, hey, nurse. That's what the nurse talks about. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, you'd fall on your back. Oh, you'll fall on your back when you're older. Oh, sex jokes with my husband and you weird but i mean she doesn't say that part but she's just like i had a husband and he was great and i'm like eh, the nurse had a husband she like
1: mickey comes in he finds the entrance listen this is plot garbage how uh, does
0: he wait megan it's underwater and Meghan? leprechauns Meghan? can't Meghan? be in water Megan. yeah
1: they showed how he found out you want to know yeah i Kay. missed this okay let me guide you through this very important plot problem So Mickey is like, oh, no, I can't go to the underwater palace. And he has spent every scene since she left trying to figure out how to get to the underwater palace. And he just can't figure it out. Until, of course, he sees two trooping fairies come out of a cave on the beach. And then he goes, yeah, that's probably the way to the castle.
0: Oh, so there was just a tunnel? There's just
1: a tunnel that was over there. And so obviously he tried very hard to get in when there is a tunnel right there it's very secure and he beats up two of the trooping fairies and uh sneaks in and deals her away
0: she kisses him and then they run away and the nurse just keeps talking and doesn't even notice yep they're like we're gonna go to the swamp because it's neutral ground
1: oh yeah and then they meet Aloysius, the butter fairy
0: i think it's a butter spirit
1: what's the difference the
0: spirit of butter
1: is he Friar Lawrence? Because Mickey calls him his uncle.
0: Yeah, but also he's like, this is little England. I love butter. And I'm like, I don't get this joke.
1: Is this an English thing? Is this an Irish thing? There's Irish butter. Is there like but a like, thing? But he's like,
0: English butter's butter is better.
1: But is this a thing? Is there like a feud between, <gasps> is there like a Romeo and Juliet where one side is English butter and the other side is Irish butter? Oh. I have no fucking clue why this guy is obsessed with butter
0: he's got yellow eyes like butter
1: it's terrifying
0: and he's got like black lips like
1: butter and he's got frog people with him that are terrifying like i guess they're just staying there
0: yeah they're just going to him for help and then we cut to the fairy castle and margaret's back in the fairy castle because there's no point in her being in the underwater palace anymore and she's like devil's work by the leprechauns mickey spirited her away he's a terrible person like you literally just liked him you liked him like two seconds ago Uh, and then the general falls
1: down the stairs
0: for a reason
1: because jokes
0: i hate this trope Uh,
1: what that people just fall Fall for
0: no reason in things i hated it in 10 things i hate about you i hate it in this humans go to church and they're like god deserted us and i'm like sure
1: Megan, it's because the weather is all wonky
0: well yeah so they're like oh god's deserted us and people are like it's the railroads and i'm like this seems not Not necessary
1: okay so the next we finally find out why jack is in ireland and it's because he was going to buy up the land for some amusement park or some shit and of course Kathleen is mad at him because
0: she's like you lied to me and I'm like didn't he kind of try to tell her before he
1: did in an earlier scene try to tell her why he was at work it
0: was like when he was like I have to leave and he's like but here's the thing and
1: I fell in love with this place and she didn't want to hear his reasoning
0: so it's not liar revealed but she's taking it as it no
1: I'm gonna talk about liar revealed for a bit let's just define the concept so that we can see where it went wrong okay So Liar Revealed is a trope of fiction. The basic outline is the main character lies about their identity or sets themselves up as something better slash different than what they are. And they perpetuate the lie until it is exposed in the third act. And then they have to redeem their character and save the day. Except in The Magical Legend of the Leprechauns, it has nothing to do with the main plot. Their plot was resolved at the train station, and he was going to tell her. And they spend so much time, from this point to almost the end, mad at each other. And it sucks so hard, because it is narrative quicksand that we have to mire through. Because some writer was lazy and needed to pad out three hours of content.
0: But we're going to come back to the fairies, who are now knocking down Butter Spirit's door. Because Lord Ferryman, Jessica's dad, is like, hey, give me the kids back. I'll give you butter.
1: And he's like, I didn't think about butter. Oh,
0: yeah, because he's just like, you can't bribe me. I'm an Englishman. Which he basically literally says, and I don't get it. But he's like, but there's butter. And he's like, well, you didn't say that before. <laughs> okay, so I don't think he's for our Lawrence, because he's just shady and didn't help them at all.
1: Yeah, just kind of sold them out
0: immediately Uh, but they already left because
1: they didn't trust they didn't trust him which understandably which is not what mickey said before
0: no mickey was like this is my uncle we can trust him and then he's like actually i think he's kind of a shady piece of shit maybe we should leave and she's like what
1: we're gonna come across this more and more as this film goes on but they just keep coming up with excuses to try to finish the story and then are met by problem after problem that just keeps going on forever that I thought we were going to be watching this movie for all time.
0: The next scene, Seamus says woman trouble. I don't care. I have a Seamus trouble. He's I hate a bad him. character. I'm sick of seeing his face. Yep. Kathleen's brothers want to hit Jack and then they're like you can't hit him youngest brother because you're too young and I don't know what this theme is that keeps going with this movie where they're like you're too young to do the thing we do why
1: and so Jack has the idea of getting the Fitzpatrick brothers to train the leprechauns
0: they were in the cadet corps in school because they have to be for the plot yep and the Fitzpatrick brothers are teaching the leprechauns drills. And it's all really boring, except for they say present arms and they all just kind of hold their arms out and they're like, good. weapons, guys. And I'm like, that's eh, kind of funny. It's pretty good. But also they're just like, oh yeah, leprechauns. Okay. We get gold. Yeah, leprechauns are real. It's weird.
1: And uh, then there's more Liar Revealed plot. Kathleen's mad at Jack for no reason because he could just explain himself to her and this whole thing could be resolved. And then we don't do that.
0: Then Jack and Kathleen seem to be okay-ish in the next scene, and I don't know why.
1: They won't be later.
0: No. And then Mary's just like, Jack, you're extraordinary because you didn't shake down some leprechauns for their gold, and everyone always does. And I'm like, he sucks, Mary. You've been around too many shitty men to realize. Yep. We're back to Jessica and Mickey, and they're hiding. I don't know. They're just trying to escape. From butter. Man's I mean, basically, fairy. right now
1: we're just like jumping from Mickey and Jessica to the Leprechauns to the fairies in short scenes.
0: And the fairies are like moving pieces in a war room, and I'm like, I like that imagery.
1: And the Leprechauns are in kind of like a war camp, and then there's more bickering between Mary and Seamus, and straight people are so tiring. I'm so tired of straight bickering. It is anathema to me. And then they just do an Irish jig.
0: Well, in the war room, the trooping fairies decide that they have to kidnap Muldoon because the princess was kidnapped for blackmail is what they said. I don't think that's the word that they meant to use. But they're like, they kidnapped her for blackmail. I'm like, do you mean ransom or like a threat?
1: I have no idea. But they're like, for blackmail.
0: So we need to kidnap Muldoon for blackmail. And I'm like, what
1: blackmail? (laughs) So this dance goes on for like four minutes. At one point, they kept repeating the same exact note progression in the song. And nothing changed. And I felt like I was in hell.
0: It's okay. We leave hell and go back to the fairies. And they're like, woo, woo, And the fairy king's just like what is that and they're like it's an owl sir and i'm like you're a fairy who deals with nature how do you not know what an owl is
1: yeah uh, this writing
0: is weird why even have that in there what is that supposed to tell us about him but they sneak into the camp and they see
1: Kidnap Muldoon. they kidnap
0: Muldoon because they see a piece of cloth basically that's the side of a tent and they see a shadow and they're like that's Muldoon, and they thwack it and pull him in
1: uh-oh, they accidentally captured Mary Muldoon.
0: There's this really weird bit where Jack has, like, an LSD dream about leaves.
1: It's because he's tuning into the nature that's falling
0: apart, man. But, okay, so Mickey and Jessica go to him for help. Why? I, I don't know, is he for our Lawrence?
1: It's because he's a neutral party, and... But he's
0: not! He's helping the leprechauns! Yeah, I
1: don't know, Megan. So they decide that they have to go to the Grand Banshee to stop everything.
0: And they have to go to the mountain she lives at, and they gotta bring Kathleen, because she's like, because she's a human, and... It's because Jack just wants
1: her forgiveness, so he thinks that taking her on a journey up a mountain will help him.
0: And oh, great, it probably will. We cut back to the scene and Mary's like, I can't help you, my husband tells me nothing. And the fairy lady, fairy queen fairy is like, I know, right? Men suck. They never tell us anything, and we're so much smarter than them. And I'm like, yeah. See,
1: I just like it when ladies are connecting with each other.
0: Especially when all the men are terrible. Yeah,
1: they are. So I grab whatever I can get in terms of characterization.
0: Especially in this terrible part of this film. Uh, Yes. That's just sliding downhill. All right, we go back. They're going to the mountain. Jack is annoying and never shuts up. Oh, no, they're going to fall down the mountain. Oh wait, no. We caught Kathleen. We're fine. He's like, you gotta thank me. And she's like, I was about to, thanks. And he's like, that's it? And I'm like, oh my God.
1: Please stop.
0: Die. I hate Jack Woods. yeah, so much. And then she kisses him on the cheek. For
1: no reason. To
0: silence him. And I'm like, no, you deserve better. You owe him nothing. And I hate how women are getting the shit end of the stick in this film.
1: And uh, there's a fire spirit. And he's guarding the way to the Grand Banshee and they just trick him into growing big because Jack like flames his toxic masculinity into growing big. He's like, oh,
0: you're pretty little. You're going to need to be bigger if you want to take me down. And he's like, well, fine. I get big and big and big.
1: And then the fairies get through. Mickey and Jessica go to see the Grand Banshee and they're in this weird hotel
0: lobby. And there's this reoccurring thing of like, well, do you have an appointment? Which started with the fire spirit. And then they get up to these weird guys. I don't know what they are. But they're just like, do you have an appointment? And they're like, no. And they're like, oh, well, there's an opening. So go on it. And I'm like, what was the point? What was the
1: point of any of this? So they see the Grand Banshee. She is obscure with her knowledge. She is unhelpful. She is coy about everything.
0: Well, because basically she's like, I mean, I would help. And I've tried. I've made it so they'll die but they want to fight so I can't stop them.
1: Yes, you can. You could do whatever you want. You're the grand fucking banshee. I am so sick and tired of all seeing all knowing characters in fiction who just like "Uh around when they could be doing something. It's narrative garbage. Wait, I have a
0: question. What do you think would happen in Romeo and Juliet? If Romeo and Juliet went to the prince and were like, dude, can you help us stop this war? This is terrible.
1: Megan, they would live.
0: Yeah. Because the prince would probably be like, sure.
1: She doesn't help them. Basically, she just says, You need to help yourself. Mother Nature is dying. Get to it. That just means that all of that shit that we mentioned about them going up the mountain and stopping the fire spirit Mm -hmm. narratively means nothing. Nothing happened.
0: I actually kind of really want to make a fan fiction now where Romeo and Juliet go to the prince and the prince is like, all right boys let's uh, clean this up (laughs) it's like wait why didn't you do this earlier and he's just like yeah i just wanted someone to ask
1: (laughs) (laughs) that'd be pretty good man
0: so the grand banshee shows us a mother nature countdown clock is what i call it where it's like this is the mother nature tree and her leaves are falling
1: yeah here's another problem i have with this a we just went from the stakes being like so small To the stakes being-
0: The entire world?
1: Yes. And why don't you just tell the fairies and the leprechauns, if you don't stop fighting-
0: The entire entire world, world- No one ever tells them that! No,
1: people should just tell them, if you two keep fighting, the entire world will end with you and all your family dead as well. Everything will die. And guess what? I think that's pretty good incentive not to fight.
0: There's a reason that that plot point is not in Romeo and Juliet.
1: Because it makes it so easy to resolve and you wonder why no one ever uses that as incentive. We used to love this movie, man. I miss
0: those days. Can we go back to
1: the party scene? I
0: want to. I want to stay there. But no, instead we've got Jack just like manhandling Kathleen. Oh my God.
1: He grabs her arm to make her face him. And I wanted to scream.
0: He keeps being like, you owe me basically. And I'm like, she literally owes you nothing. You're an incel piece of shit. We continue on to another shitty man.
1: Basically, Seamus is told that they captured Mary and that they might torture her. And he just goes, "Ah, torture her. She's been torturing me my whole life and I'm done. I'm just done.
0: That's not funny because this is a literal war that we're supposed to care about. And you're just like, okay. Like
1: they try to make the stakes high, but then they undercut the stakes with shit like this. Yeah. And it's bad. So Megan, this is another fight. Yeah. And it goes nowhere.
0: No, some leprechauns go up there. They're like, oh, there's people and they fight them. And then some die of leprechauns. Some fairies die. The queen and Margaret are just kind of like, meh. And they just like nonchalantly punch people, basically, that come near them, which is kind of great. Yeah. And then it's just like, the end, go home.
1: Yeah, later Muldoon says that nobody won the fight and they had a stalemate. So that just makes that, again, narrative garbage.
0: They were like, we need to go up there to get Mary back. And then they didn't even try to get her. Yes. So I don't understand why they said that earlier.
1: Megan, hopefully we can get back in this and there will be no more random plot threads brought up that ultimately have nothing to do with Mm -hmm. the end. Okay. What happens next?
0: All right. So the next scene is Jessica and Mickey go to this big gnarled tree Mm -hmm. that apparently there's a little thing that says if two lovers lean against the tree then they will never love each other again oh no so they do it and they lay there and they take a little nap and then a bunch of magic lightning looking stuff happens and then they still love each other
1: so what was the point of the tree
0: okay but actually there's this really cute thing where they're like ah yes how do you feel all right how about you all right and they're like well that's good right because like you don't
1: want to feel kiss like me. full of love
0: and it's like well what happens if i kiss your cheek and she's like yeah i feel nothing okay well what if i kiss your lips and they're like nah, no i don't feel anything and they're like well what if i hold you around your hips yeah and what if i put my arms around your sh-? and then they make out and i'm just like hey, that's, that's cute that's kind of cute
1: contrived but cute
0: contrived but cute and like i know that you hate this scene because oh
1: yeah it's butt garbage. Because
0: it's butt garbage and has no bearing on the actual plot and we learn nothing from it. We just get a little cuteness. But here's my thing. One, I really needed some cuteness because the story has been garbo and I need something I actually smile at. Two, this is one of those other scenes that like removing Rosalind did for me. Mm -hmm. Where like in Romeo and Juliet there's so much like they're just kids, they're dumb, they don't know anything, they're immature like whatever, whatever. But in this they're like trying to be really mature about it and they're like hey we love each other but this is gonna cause the end of the world and our family's deaths and as much as i hate it let's just try not to be in love and like i can't make myself stop loving you so maybe magic can and like this is our last hope so let's try it
1: well megan here's the thing A, it's not their last hope. B, they should have used this tree as like a poison metaphor from Romeo and Juliet. So this is the end of
0: it. I mean, I guess, but like, I don't fault this scene too much. Because I do think that at least, like I said, like, it makes me feel like they aren't just kids who are in love and don't know any better. Yeah, but they
1: should have at least fucking set up that the tree exists. They should have just said at the beginning of this film, this tree is special. It does love things.
0: Or like if like Seamus and Mary or something like mentioned that like, oh, well, we fell asleep on this tree and that's why we hate each other now. Because then I'd be like, all right.
1: Oh, there is a magical reason why you are the worst. <laughs>
0: I'd accept it.
1: So next thing, the Fitzpatrick boys dick for gold and it's fake apparently.
0: So I don't know what real leprechaun facts are. Yeah. Still. Well, I don't know. Well, leprechauns to... are
1: tricksters. So they're tricking you about all those facts. That
0: is a true leprechaun fact nine
1: nine they're tricksters in the next scene mary and the fairy queen talk to each other and it's nice again i hope they become friends
0: i kind of ship it
1: and then they talk about that they're digging a tunnel
0: to go under the camp uh, but the leprechauns? But they're
1: in a castle.
0: Also, the high ground is a good thing to have. Star Wars told me that.
1: Yeah, they can fly. You don't need a tunnel. So then they go to the Butter Fairy again. Oh, Butter Spirit. And he is Friar Lawrence.
0: I'm so excited.
1: I'm not, Megan. Here's my thing. What? They were at the Butter Fairy. Okay, no, but here's
0: my thing. Here's my thing. Here's my joke that I think will win you back. Okay, right. okay. Butter Fairy says, have you thought of dying? Megan Charlotte jumps in the film and says, only for the past two hours.
1: (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) But Megan, we could have cut out of this film. The butter spirit betraying them. But here's
0: the thing. They didn't have butter the first time. This time they did come back with English butter. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, the fairies only gave them regular butter.
0: Right. This is English butter. So they get poison now. Which he's like, take this poison. Well, it's not actually poison. But if you don't put an antidote on within 10 minutes, you die. And I'm like, so that's that's poison. poison. I don't think you understand what poison means. But they aren't doing the poison thing. I'm so happy. And you know, they got 10 minutes. Yeah. Obviously, anything involving someone being dead only takes 10 minutes.
1: And that's fine. I have a question though. Yeah. If fairies and leprechauns die by disintegrating with yellow light from the feet upwards. Yeah. Yeah. How are they going to trick them into thinking they're dead? Because wouldn't they start disintegrating if they were actually dead?
0: Oh, no, I don't have time to answer your question because there's only two leaves left on the tree. Oh, no,
1: we gotta save the world, apparently.
0: Literally, my notes for the next scene are, Jack's in a bad storm thing, and I don't care, and the Grand Banshee is here, and they just talk, and I'm bored.
1: Oh, my God, this scene is so garbo.
0: So then... Jessica and Mickey, I guess...
1: Go to Jack with their plan.
0: Yeah, they tell him, and then he's like, oh, hey, Seamus, BTW, your son's going to kill himself because you won't stop fighting. And he's like, eh. Seamus is a bad
1: dad. He's
0: the worst. I hate him. And he's like, is the war worth your kid's life? And he's like, oh, guess not. And I'm like, oh, my God, someone kill Seamus. Yeah. And then meanwhile, in Fairyland, they're like, uh, hey, dear queen, we found out that if the war doesn't end, Jessica's going to kill herself. And she's like, oh, of course we'll have peace talks. Like yeah. instantly. She's great. At the very beginning of Romeo and Juliet, Montague and Capulet themselves are like, I'm going to fight you. I'm an angry old man. And Lady Capulet and Lady Montague are like, but no, what's your problem? You need a cane, not a sword. What are you saying you're going to fight? Sit down. No, old shit. Sit down. You're not fighting. And it just reminds me of that. Yeah. I like ladies in this. Oh no,
1: they're great.
0: I wish I knew the fairy queen's name.
1: Oh yeah, Queen Fairy.
0: Queen Fairy Jessica's mom. Mrs. Jessica's mom. (laughs) Mrs.
1: Jessica's mom. Okay, so they meet for peace talks. The fairy king says, say hello to your wife.
0: Hi. What the fuck? And she's like, that's it. And he's like, you said you want to say hi.
1: He's the worst. Seamus is the worst.
0: And then Seamus and the Fairy King have a pissing contest over who's been alive longer or like done more. So it I doesn't matter. Everyone's like, hey, if you don't have peace, your kids are going to die. And they're just like, well, my dad. Oh, so none of you care. Cool. Cool.
1: And so Vicky and Jessica take the poison.
0: Because literally, sidelines and they hear that their family isn't even talking pieces they're like okay i guess we actually have to do this yep and then i swear jessica drinks like four fits of it yeah she's like gulping it down and <laughs> mm. i'm like actually in romeo and juliet romeo drinks the poison the real poison poison megan and i don't then, think it was
1: a narrative choice on the part of this film you think
0: that she just got too thirsty yes
1: i i do maybe it was just like apple juice or some shit
0: they take the poison and they collapse. And then these like fairies and leprechauns with stretchers come. And I'm like, wait, did you know about the plan? Why were you ready for this? Or were they just like, well, we know that our rulers aren't going to actually do anything. So let's have stretchers ready for when the kids die. And then they take it over and they're like, oh, no, our kids are dead. Let's make peace. And they're like, no, we don't have paperwork. And Jack's like, shake hands. And they're like, oh, yeah.
1: So Kathleen's job is to take the antidote to them. Don't know why it's her job. Don't know why she takes her horse to do it.
0: Don't know why Jack couldn't just have it in his pocket while he's on the field next to them.
1: Yes. Don't know why any of this happens, but she's racing to get them the antidote. And then everyone's favorite plot point, the tunnels come into play and the ground collapses right in front of Kathleen's cart. And then she falls and then the glass breaks. There's no more antidote. Which I'm happy about because that means
0: they're gonna die.
1: They're gonna die.
0: And then Jack falls also
1: into the hole
0: for a reason.
1: And then Kathleen's like, get him out, get
0: him out. I'm so worried about him
1: now. And they just kind of like pick him up and flump him down onto the field. I
0: literally think that they did it so that she'd have a reason to realize she's in love with him. And I hate it. I yeah, hate that. yeah.
1: Like she's just like,
0: I love you. And then, hey, the kid's bodies start disappearing.
1: Oh, yep. They are dying. So they're that's dissolving. Good.
0: There you go. And the banshee comes and is like, I can bring them back. And he's like, save them, save them. Kathleen's like, save Jack. And she's like, I can't help Jack. He doesn't need it. He's just winded. And I'm like, I. I
1: Who gives him. a shit? This film laughs in its audience faces about any stakes and any plot points. At that point, I think, is when I realized that. They are flaunting in our faces the idea that they have no dramatic tension. And I'm so done with this. Okay, but also at the
0: same time, I'm like, Kathleen, shut up. He's not literally disappearing in front of your eyes. I think he's got a little more time than these kids that are about to disintegrate. Oh, yeah.
1: There's no blood. His eyes
0: are just closed. Yes. Yes. And then they're like, bring back the kids, bring back the kids. And she's like, you have to say peace. And they're like, we did. And then it's like, But everyone,
1: everyone needs to do it.
0: And General Bulstrode's like, no, I don't want peace. And he's like in the tunnel because he's like, we did it. We're going to attack the camp because somehow he missed the whole thing Mm -hmm. because he was in the tunnel. And then they're like, you have to want peace. And he's like, no. And they're like, the kids. And he's like, fine. And it's boring. And I don't know why it happens.
1: So then the Grand Banshee, who said that she couldn't do anything, brings Mickey and Jessica back to life.
0: Which, like, I guess I accept because it's a kid's movie on TV. And, like, you can't have the only people we super care about die who are, you know, still around.
1: But then...
0: No. What? She
1: brings... No. Everyone back to life, including Sean Devine.
0: Wait, everyone?
1: Not everyone. The Fairy Queen asks the Grand Banshee... What about Count Grogan and the Grand Banshee says, I'm going to keep him away for about a hundred years or so, just in case.
0: What a fucking bitch. I'm sorry. Seamus is worse when it comes to being like hateful.
1: Do you think that Sean Devine learned his lesson?
0: She is obviously a biased bitch who prefers the leprechauns and I hate it. Like, here's the thing. We're obviously supposed to like the leprechauns more than the fairies, but the leprechauns are so shitty for the most part. Yes. (laughs) And like the fairies are just there. So I'm like, how come we're supposed to hate them? Because they're richer.
1: What's richer?
0: See, because like we're supposed to believe that every time the leprechauns drink, they've paid for it. So that means they have money.
1: Yeah. Well, Megan, there's no economy. There's no hierarchy.
0: I don't get it, and I'm so mad. Grogan should be here so that Sean Devine and Grogan can have their afterlife dumb show. Oh my
1: God, Megan! If there was a <gasps> moment where, like, they sheepishly like talk to one another uh, after coming back to life, that's another. No, here's
0: my fanfic. Sean Devine wakes up, looks up, waiting to see Grogan. And he's not there. And he demands
1: to see his boyfriend again. So anyway, everyone's back to life except for Grogan because reasons.
0: They feel bad about tricking the Fitzpatrick boys into doing stuff without getting any payment. So Seamus is like, you didn't check that spot right there. And I'm like, oh, there's going to be gold there. And one of the boys hits it and oil starts spraying out. And they're all like. Yay! It's oil, and they're laughing, and mouths are open, and oil's don't going. Put under- oil
1: in your mouth.
0: Also, usually when you find oil, doesn't that mean your land's gonna get kind of fucked for getting the oil?
1: Yes, they won't have a childhood home anymore.
0: So this is good. Well, they'll be
1: rich. They'll be rich now.
0: Yeah, but they care about the land and the nature. of no, Megan, and their money. Home. I don't understand At the beginning of the wait, film. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, Megan. Now in this world of fairies and leprechauns, where nature is important, now there's going to be an oil refinery put in well, this place. I don't place. know if
0: it'll be an oil refinery or they'll just take it, they'll probably send it somewhere else to be refined and actually like taken care of. But, but like they still well, have then to there's, drill. Well,
1: the, yeah, they still have to drill and they have to gather it. So there's still going to be human construction in that site.
0: So like they still are having what Jack was saying, just less people. Taking part in their economy because of it, it'll just be
1: more jobs? Here's my thing. What Jack wanted would probably be better for the countryside than an oil rig. Yeah. Because what Jack wanted was like a Disneyland thing where they just built buildings and theme park rides, which, if you want people to go to your theme park, you have to make it look pretty. So they would probably keep some of the nature intact in order to build the theme park. If you have a fucking oil rig.
0: Well, here's the thing. Like, I know some people have oil in their backyards and they sell the oil, but their home stays. They could
1: stay there. Yeah, so
0: it doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to be destroyed, but it's still weird. And like, there's the whole thing of like fossil fuels are a limited resource and it's very capitalist and it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that the fitzpatrick family especially kathleen would be stoked about yeah yet she is so it's just weird
1: anyway there's a fairy marriage
0: yeah we go to the marriage of jessica and mickey and And they look good they look nice
1: mickey looks like mozart from the movie amadeus
0: okay talking about how people look did jack and kathleen get married
1: who knows?
0: I don't know because she's wearing a white dress and if she didn't just get married, she's wearing a white dress to someone else's wedding and deserves to be slapped in the face.
1: <laughs> now you don't like Kathleen.
0: Okay, if she got married, if they had a wedding and then immediately went to the wedding, like they did that's some sort fair, of- That's fair, That's fair and she didn't have time to change or they were like, we don't care because we're fairies.
1: Well, we do learn something else important. What The moms are friends.
0: The moms are friends. They clink wine glasses together and then they cuddle up against each other and kiss each other on the cheek and then they snuggle up and everyone goes, oh, do you want more wine? It's like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I hear enough whining from my husband.
1: <laughs> Is that an actual line?
0: No, that's me oh. guessing. Oh, They don't just... say a word to each other. We Wait, just see them... oh, they
1: don't? You're just making this stuff yeah, up? Yeah, no,
0: we just see them laughing and they're like laying next to each other and I'm like,
1: and then we close off with jack
0: pulls out that shell that kathleen gave him and he's like this is the second most beautiful thing i've ever seen
1: the first one's jessica
0: oh shit
1: course it means Kathleen and then they play the pop song that they had in the movie as everyone's happy except for Count Grogan who is not here.
0: And I don't give a shit about anything that has to do with Jack and Kathleen. All the fairies at that point have disappeared so you can't even see them on the screen anymore. And for a second I was like wait did they all just die and then I remembered they could be invisible because that honestly has stopped happening for a really long time at this point.
1: So they state that when Sean Devine comes back, all he remembers is fighting and then nothing, nothing. And then he comes back. How is keeping Count Grogan for a hundred more years going
0: to teach him anything? Going to
1: teach him anything. Oh
0: my God, you're right.
1: It teaches him nothing because he's just going to come back. And all that's going to happen is he's going to get mad about things. And everyone will be like, no, there's peace now. But it'll be like a hundred years down the line. So it'll be like just peace is a regular thing. That doesn't change that Count Grogan won't. Start a fight with someone. No. So the grand banshee's awful. She bad. Doesn't
0: know anything. She's
1: awful. Bad banshee. But I think the moral of the story is the banshee is not good at her job.
0: That's the whole moral story of the movie.
1: Uh, don't fight. Don't don't fight because nature will get sad.
0: So I've got a quote that I think encapsulates this movie. That's from Romeo and Juliet. The quote is. Thus, with a kiss, I'd die, because I kind of wish that after they'd kissed, the movie had ended, or I died. So what what would you rate Magical Legend of the Leprechauns, Marquez?
1: I would rate The Magical Legend of the Leprechauns 20 minutes out of three hours.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good one.
1: (laughs) What would you rate Magical Legend of the Leprechauns?
0: I would rate The Good Fairy Scenes a 10 million out of zero. Because they're that good and 10 million divided by zero is impossible. And it's impossible that such good moments were in such a shitty film.
1: Yeah, I completely understand where if people grew up and watched this, that it was a part of your childhood. And and, like
0: you'd have a soft spot for it. Because you just remember the good parts.
1: Yes, because if you grow older, you will forget the bad parts of the movie and just remember the cuteness. (sighs) And if you're romantic, you'll remember that party scene, which is the best scene in the movie. And you won't remember anything else, hopefully.
0: Yeah, you'll be like, yeah, there was a war, I guess. And you won't realize that it was like 45 minutes of your life. I really wish this had been just a one night thing. And it'd been, like, an hour and a half.
1: Also, you don't need a human element to make me connect with these characters. And you could have, like, had them still come back to life. Maybe, like, oh, they cared enough about loving them that they came back. It's fairy magic. It doesn't need rules.
0: That's really true. Man, I want to remake this movie better.
1: You just want, like, the good parts to remain good? Yeah,
0: I just want to cut out all the bullshit. Yes, I think that's it.
1: That wraps it up for this week's episode of Avant Bard. I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in, and we will see you anon. Avant Bard is created by Matthew James Marquez and Megan Charlo. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash Pod. We would like to thank Riley Allen for the creation of our theme music, Cloverkin for our logo artwork, and everyone in the audience for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Avant Bard, you can visit us on all social media
0: platforms
1: at Avant Bard Pod.